0: Two guys who love talking about a game within a game and coming up later in the show, Manchester is red, North London is red, our FPL arrows, well, it's a mixed bag, but we also look at the transfer market in the big short segment, try and find a differential in goodwill punting and review the best captaincy picks in our no captain, my captain. In association with Fantasy Football Scout, I'm Peterson. I'm Andrew. And this is FPL SideNet.
1: Coming in from that left and far at home.
0: Unstoppable. Pulasek Chiro breaks through.
1: Lacazette can have Come. a top and score a pitch!
0: Hello managers, welcome back to the FPL Side Net podcast, and we are recording this on Tuesday the 17th of January. And as always, I'm joined by the man, Andrew, whose football knowledge is as direct and accurate as a James Award prowse free kick. Andrew, how are you?
1: I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> Top bins. Uh, I'm
1: good. <laughs> Thank you. I'm good, man. How are you?
0: Yeah, not too so bad. I was just a big complaining about the weather here. So um, if anyone out there is actually watching the Australian Open, you would have seen today that it was about 400 degrees and then we've had an, like an absolute... Bucket down with rain and thunderstorms, so you get it all here in Melbourne, and yeah, it's extremely hot at the moment in this room. But I will persevere. You know that that's what that's what we do on this show. We I don't want to say
1: heroes, but
0: you know we are persevering.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm very comfortable up here in Sydney. It's only about twenty eight, so
0: <laughs> only twenty
1: eight. <laughs> yeah, it's quite comfortable.
0: Isn't it always twenty eight? I don't know
1: what you're complaining about. Yeah, pretty much.
0: It, it, oh uh, maybe i need to to bunk up with you over there we'll, we'll build some um, bunk beds like Step Brothers.
1: <laughs> do we just become best friends
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> oh but anyway it, it's weird because um it's a another podcast another week and it's another double game week where we're recording before the game week's actually finished but look, how how are you sitting at the moment with still a couple of fixtures to go
1: um look i'm doing okay um yeah compared to last week i'm absolutely killing it um but yeah i've got a i've got a small red arrow which is basically um you know explained by the minus four i'm on 50 minus four yeah um if it wasn't for the minus four you know i'd be probably on a on a tiny green or a gray so yeah um i'm i'm within touching distance of a green arrow if things go my way um in the last couple of games i've still got six players to go including um old mate harland who's my captain
0: yeah, and uh, you so you made you took a hit, but you made three transfers.
1: Yes, correct. I, um, yeah, but I I kind of um I kind of buggered that up too because I <laughs> <laughs> I went um I went for John Stones unfortunately um before the news came out that he was yeah that he was crocked so um you know it was a bit. It's a bit annoying, but on the other hand, I'm actually pretty happy to have um, John Stones. Like for the medium term, um, I don't. I, as long as he's back soon, I think that um, I'm happy to. I'm I'm happy having him um, over like a Kenji or Ake, who you know you can't really be sure if they're going to play two games in the second double game week. So yeah, um, as long as Stones is back sooner rather than later, um, I'm actually pretty happy to have him, even though it's annoying that he missed that first game.
0: Uh, it, um, and yeah. it's—I was going to say—it's interesting because that move that you made was very similar to, I'd heard a couple other um, FPL content creators out there like fall into the same same trap. That everyone was trying to beat the cane price rises that actually never came.
1: Yeah, well, it did come, but after the deadline, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looked like it was coming um, every day that week. Yeah, but, um, it did. I was worried. Yeah, and I, I guess I—I I guess I just didn't clock the risk the injury risk to stones. Cause I, I was pretty confident that he wasn't going to be involved in the cup match. Yeah. So I thought that I don't think there's an opportunity for him to get in, injured. So I think it, I thought it's worth the, it's worth the risk to save, you know, the 0.1, mm-hmm. Um because I think I only had about one to spare. So it would have really been, um, you know, by the skin of my teeth, if I'd, if I'd, um, if I'd not beaten the cane price rise. So I just thought I'll take the risk. He's probably not going to play in the cup anyway. And then obviously, um yeah, found out that he wasn't even in the squad for the cup and that's when we all started to really panic.
0: Yeah. Sneaky
1: pep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But yeah, I did bring in the other two transfers. I brought in Kane and I brought in um who was it? Yeah, I brought in uh, KDB for Salah as well. Yep. So three pretty um well those two are pretty standard um yeah. standard transfers a lot of people made. I got rid of Darwin for Kane.
0: Yeah, no that that was um, that was fair enough indeed. So yes, small red arrow, but yeah, that's probably justified because of the hit the hit.
1: Yeah, hopefully, I mean, I'm pretty happy with um, I'm pretty happy with the the shape that my team's in overall. I've got a couple of fires yeah. in it still, but nothing um, nothing you know too out of control that I can't fix in the next couple of weeks. And hopefully, I can have a, a smoother run after that. A few more green arrows. I haven't I haven't had too many recently.
0: Let's get you back on that green arrow train. No more red arrows.
1: All right, that's the plan. <laughs> it's
0: it's that's an order. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, what about yourself? You are on a green. Uh
0: yes. So I am on a green. It's um, what am I, what am I on at the moment? About a ten k green at the moment. So yeah, like yourself, I took a hit, but only um, made the two transfers. So. Um, my transfer's out. I'm trying to remember now what I, what I did. So it was, yeah, most Salah came out and um, uh, Greenwood from Leeds came out too. So I had just enough money to actually, um, yeah, keep Mitrovic and Harlan there. So, yeah, I added Kane to that and got in Almiron from Newcastle. So, uh, you know, a little bit disappointing so far because neither of them actually returned. But um, with the other game, I, I feel more comfortable having Kane than Salah anyway. Um
1: Oh yeah, and, definitely.
0: And I, I was never going to captain Sulla anyway, so I think I'd actually rather have the more consistent Kane because um, he seems to be ticking. He seems to be getting regular goals, except for obviously when I bring him into my side. But I think in in the long run, that, that's probably a better hold than Sulla anyway, and slightly cheaper too. But um, yeah, so yeah, I'm sitting at the moment on fifty one points after that four point hit. So um, yeah, a little bit um, lucky because had Kepa in goals with the 10 points there. That was fantastic. Although I tell you what, I've never been more nervous um, watching inri- injury time for a Chelsea game for, for quite a while, hoping that they'd hang on to that. Not only the win, but the Kepper absolute point all that was coming our way and he just needed one more save and he would have picked up another point too.
1: Yeah, that's right. I was pretty happy with that um 10 pointer for my team as well. Pretty much yeah. saved me. Um, I did see that like he, um, Look like he nearly got a yellow card as well, and he, he, he avoided I don't know it. Like how he didn't pro- get a yellow. He card. probably should have got one. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm not sure how he got away with that, but yeah, you like absolutely love to see the shit house in. Yeah, Trippier with the nine points, which you know every single FPL manager has, so that actually works out to be nothing. And um, yeah, Rashford and Erdegaard. Erdegaard with the nine points, and he's just been phenomenal since the restart and. Um, nice to actually get a return from KDB I bought him in on my um, World Cup wildcard and hadn't seen yep. anything from him so when he set up Jack Grealish for that goal I was pretty stoked the other night but of course um he gets the returns when most managers get him into their side for the double gay week so um, Yeah
1: that's right yeah but I mean you've got to be you got to be so stoked with um Odegaard like he's been oh, so yeah. good for you he, yeah. he's the best pick he's the best pick you've made all season like you've you you got in weeks before everyone else
0: yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, yeah, I'm over, over the moon with it. And um, this week in particular was great because a lot of the other times Arsenal have scored so many goals and, and you know, got a lot of attacking returns and it's been spread around with Saka and Martinelli. So quite often when Odegaard scored, like Martinelli still got some decent points, Saka's got decent points and and Ketia, but this week it felt like Odegaard was actually the only one to to get in those points. So it, it felt, felt real differential for once and, 'Cause I had him I had him last season too for that real purple patch. I, I managed to get him just before he, he absolutely like burst into life. But, but yeah, it was the same situation last season. I wasn't really seeing massive gains because yeah, Martinelli and um what's his name? Smith Rowe was absolutely killing it at the time. So I went differential and Erdegaard, but unfortunately the yeah. others kept ticking over as well.
1: But um, Yeah, that was yeah. that period of time where um Smith Rowe scored off the bench for like yeah. five games in a row.
0: That's right, and I was like, "Yes, you know, Smith Rowe's on the bench. I'm going to get one up on everyone, and then he'd come off the bench and, <laughs> and yeah. score every time." But uh, anyway, well, like yourself, I, I think I've still got six plays to go this game week. So, um, you know, very happy to see Cancelo back in the starting lineup, whether or not he he starts the next game. And you know, still pretty surprised he only managed the one point in that game because he looked amazing and. I sort of wish had dragged him at 60, 60 minutes or 61 minutes, I should say. So he could have banked a yeah. clean sheet because
1: he, he was playing like, too well.
0: Yeah, he was playing <laughs> classic Cancelo. And yeah. yeah, I was um, pretty happy when watching him in that Manchester derby, seeing how he played. But um, yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of points on my bench, like a few other managers out there. But yep. I, I just can't seem to win with Ben White at the moment. If I start him, he comes off at the 59th. Ninth minute, but if I leave him on my bench, he gets a seven or eight points.
1: (laughs) That's literally what's happened to me. I think I've started him once, and it was the 59th minute game, and then he's been he's been stuck on that bench in all the other ones. I just can't pick it with him.
0: Yeah, I I just can't pick it either. But uh, yeah, look, I mean, I'm on the green arrow. Hopefully, um, you know, with those six players, I'm able to keep it green, and I'm not expecting a massive green because if Harlan goes absolutely. You know, Berserko. A lot of them triple captaining him. That that might affect me, but um, that actually leads him very well to what I'm about to talk about because I want to talk about the Derby Day delight. So, you know, unless you were a Harlan triple captainer or a cane owner, you're probably um, pretty happy with this. But yeah, that Harlan triple captain. I didn't go with it in the end. I, we talked about it on last week's show, but um, yep. I, I know a lot of people out there did, judging by the numbers.
1: Yeah, a couple of um, a couple of people in my sort of main mini yeah. league that i with my mates, um, they've used it, uh, and it could still pay off for sure. Yeah, in that's a right. Certain game against Spurs, but yeah, um, for us, non-triple captain is uh, a good start to the game week for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it, it, it's quite bizarre when I mean we both captain Harland as well, and you sort of don't want him to score, but at the same time you do. But it's, yeah, it's this is the weirdest game in the world, FPL, where. You know, there was like three players generally in my side. I did want want them to do anything at all, but that's that's just the way it goes. But yeah, I talked about um Cancelo being back, and you know, Pep Roulette was in when in full effect. But you would have been happy seeing. Did you still have? No, you didn't have Foden in your side, did you?
1: No, I um I got rid of Foden that's for right. Mason Mount before the last double game. That's week. right. So, yeah, I'm done with Foden. He's you know he's dead to me now. He's he's in the um he's in the Zaha. And his bucket for me is just never again.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of um, like premature celebrations from Foden owners when they saw the team sheet. But, you know, off again, I think it was like the 58th or 59th minute he came off again. So it's just, you know, at that price, there's so many other good options out there. But, yeah, it must be so frustrating. But, you know, the big talking point from the Manchester derby was the Bruno goal and whether or not it should have stood. What, What did you think about
1: that? Uh, look, I don't, I don't know. I have kind of argued with myself all week about this. I I don't think it should have been a goal, but I also think that it kind of I expected it to be a goal because I don't know. In my mind, I feel like that's the way that they um have been interpreting the offside the offside rule. Yeah, um, like if you don't touch it, then they've then they're usually quite reluctant to um you know to rule that you've. You know, breached one of those conditions that you need to breach to have it to be considered offside. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like it looked so bad. Like it looked like just, just looking at it without, without reading the laws, like just looking at it, it just looked, it just stunk. It looked like it should have been ruled out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely an Old Trafford decision there. So I don't want to upset United fans, but yeah, I I honestly, I don't see how that goal could have stood because he clearly interferes with the play. And yeah, he, he doesn't touch the ball, but. He basically shepherds the ball the whole time from between Akanji and Edison, and then he's literally about to kick the ball when Bruno comes in and screams at him and 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 kicks it off his toes. So yeah, (laughs) like I, I don't see how you can't say it's not interfering when you know Edison's setting himself up for the the Rashford shot, and you know Akanji's probably doesn't want to make a tackle to risk getting a red card and. You know the the mentality of all the players involved in that is completely different if Rashford's not there, or even if he just pulled up his run straight away, because yeah. you know chances are one of those defenders like Walker or Kanji just angles their run to sort of block off Bruno and Edison just charges out and just clears the ball.
1: But, yeah, I think that's what happens. I think if Rashford just goes, "Oh, I'm offside. I'm going to pull out of this," then Edison yeah. probably just comes out and just um just eats boots it. it, it. Yeah. yeah, but yes. I mean, like again, I really um. Like I, I've seen quite a few this year, um, where I think to myself, "There's yeah, that should be offside because what he's done has impacted what an opponent has done."
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Um, and they don't rule it that way. I think this is yeah. obviously like a really extreme example, and this is the one that's gotten the most attention. But I just think that they generally seem to interpret it like that. You know, that if you know they they don't interpret um, actions which don't include touching the ball. As offside very often at all. Um, the only real exception is uh, if you're blocking like a goalkeeper's line of sight, then they'll usually call, they'll, yeah. they'll always call that offside. Yeah. But apart from that, like they don't usually call it offside if you don't touch the ball, even though there's plenty of examples that, you know, I remember I can't think of any off the top of my head, which is which is great, but there's plenty of examples that I remember watching games and thinking, yeah, there's like the defender has definitely done something different because of that offside Yeah, that's right, because of it.
0: that player.
1: Yeah, yeah, but no, a very thought... extreme example. that's for sure. like it just it felt like common sense tells you that it probably should have been ruled out. Yeah, yeah, but um,
0: you know maybe we should have got some Rashford assist points for that. I mean, he basically just shepherded the ball the whole time. <laughs> he protected it.
1: <laughs> if if FPL gave him an assist because they you know, they said <laughs> oh, upon review, like he's got the faintest of touches, you know, Gerhardt style, then I think I think maybe that would have been enough to burn down Twitter.
0: Oh, there was a Bruno assist, was it last season or the season? I think it was a couple of seasons ago where he got like yep. it was one where you had to see, like, you know, 400 times on replay to see that it, it, he might have got the slightest of touches on a ball. I'm still
1: convinced that he didn't. On that <laughs> yeah, one. that was that was an EO decision.
0: I was gonna say, it was one of those ones where you got the player, you're like 100, percent he touched it, and if you yeah. don't have that player, you're like, nah, he didn't touch it. So it just shows how, how biased. Uh, as fans and uh we could all be but um, on the the blue half of Manchester like City they have looked a bit wobbly recently and you know that they had that shock loss to Southampton in the um mm. in the cup the other day as well but um, we've got double game week 23 coming up at the moment and they're facing Villa and Arsenal so for you is it you know, still viable to keep Triple City and and just just hold what you've got, or or sort of move the pieces around and get some different assets.
1: No, I'm not. I'm not moving anything. Like a hundred percent, hold three yeah. city. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I think people are overreacting. Um, you know, to the last couple of games, like city aren't going to go, you know, game after game after game looking like this. You know, like it's it will turn around, and yeah, uh, I just can't imagine not having three city assets for the. Double game week in twenty three. Mm. It's not that far away. Um, no. I think they're worth holding, and like the, their fixtures are all right between now and then as well. Like they've got Wolves at home next week, so that's not a. I know that Wolves' uh, defenses is improved a fair bit, but that's not a game where I'm motivated to get rid of Man City assets leading up yeah. to that.
0: Yeah. And um, I, I wanted to talk up Jack Grealish. So I shot out a tweet last week saying that if you know I was looking to to add a third city asset, I would go with Jack Grealish. And after he pops off the bench and back post, and um, what yep. was it back Second post? No, he season. sort of he sort of like nicked it right off Harlan's head, didn't he?
1: Well, he he um he kind of um did a Harlan, like he yeah. he read the he read the play read the flight of the ball better than Harlan did. So Harlan was kind of like on his heels trying to backpedal to get into the right spot to head it and Grealish had um just came um yeah just came onto the ball with so much momentum and just smashed it in. Yeah. So um yeah good call. I mean you talked about it on the pod last week as well. You you talked about how you thought that Grealish was a pretty was a pretty good option for the double game week. You thought he was gonna at least start one of them and probably get a sub in the other one. And yeah. obviously that's what's happened in this one. He, he's for the second week in a row, he's subbed on and then almost immediately scored. He's changed the game. <laughs> um, yeah. Well he's yeah, he scored the first goal of the game two uh two game weeks in a row.
0: Yeah, I I think off the top of my head, I, I mean I'm not looking oh, at sorry, the top Oh sorry, he was involved
1: in the other one. He got the assist for Mares, sorry. The, yeah, he the got the assist one, for
0: Mares, and I think in the And that first was in like back. the sixty
1: first minute as well.
0: Yeah, and, and I think he had like one or two assists. Uh oh no, that was in um that was in the league cup against Liverpool in like their first game back after the world cup. And yeah, he did like a similar thing where he was a bit wonky in the first half, but like really came into life. So he's actually producing for city at the moment. It's just the others around him and that, that are a bit questionable at the moment, but yeah, you know, like you said, anything can, can change with, with Pep's boys. But um, one of the issues for United was that Martial came off at halftime. So um it's hard to know whether he was actually injured or not. He'd been carrying an injury. So I think it was a, a little bit surprising that he started the game, but um, you know, there's whispers that they could have the double in game week 22. Nothing's still confirmed yet, which is really annoying from FPL towers because well, you know, many of us would actually like to plan our future moves, but if you guys are out there, just you know, release the fixtures. So we know, but you know, that game week 22 could be a double up of crystal palace and either Leeds. Or Brentford. So yeah. You know, would you want to triple up on United? But you know, would Martial actually want to be one of one of those players that you bring in? Because he seems to be hooked at the 60 minute mark in every game anyway. And he, yeah. he just hasn't been expl- he hasn't been explosive for years, really, let's be honest. But yeah, it's I know he's cheap and everything, but is he actually worth the pain?
1: No, not really, not for me. Martial's not. Yeah, he's he's not someone that I'm looking at. I, yeah, I think with him, if he is if he's fit, then the best case scenario is you're getting sort of seventy minutes. Yeah. Um, at the moment he's obviously not fit. I watched him in the first half of that Manchester derby, and he was struggling. Like he was. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't pressing. Um, you know, like the rest of the team was, and like it's so important to press from the front, and he wasn't doing that. He was sort of he was jogging um Mm. at times where he should be running it just didn't look right to me i wasn't very surprised when they took him off at halftime um and yeah after the game i think ten Hag said that he had a few complaints so it was pretty vague but
0: Hmm.
1: it sounds like you know he does he's carrying at least one injury and they tried to give it a go but it just didn't work um which has got to put him in major doubt for the second half of this double game week
0: Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's, I mean, he is flagged on on the game itself. So it'd be interesting to see um, whether he plays on it. Now, I don't know if they've actually released Vout Vighorst's price yet, but I wonder if we might see him him feature for the second game because we saw him in the stands watching on um, in the first game. So, you know, are United about to go long ball football, route one, like Big Sam style football?
1: (laughs) Yeah, they actually have released his price. He's 6.0.
0: Oh have they? I missed that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 6.0, already selected by 0.1% of um, you know, of of horse truthers. <laughs> so um yeah, I think that's a pretty decent price really. Um yeah. Especially if we find out that Martial uh does have an injury that's going to keep him out for a few weeks and you know, he's and you know, Man United do get this second double. There's going to be a few people that attempted to go back to the Weghorst well.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's cheap enough that you could actually do it. and Yeah, I mean, it, even if he just sort of features off the bench for, for like you know, 30, 40 minutes in each game, it, it might still be worthwhile to punt.
1: <laughs> yeah, it'd be a fun punt, that's for sure.
0: It would um, be a very fun punt. It's always nice to have a, a vouch back in our lives. <laughs>
1: yeah, it is, it is. But I'm not sure whether I'm going to like wout up close or just wout from a distance. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not convinced, but I, I mean looking at Manchester United's fixtures. So they've got, obviously we've got Crystal Palace coming up and then Arsenal. So that's not the best, but after that in game week 22, as you say, they've got Crystal Palace and they might have a double with Leeds yeah. um, or Brentford. And then yeah, I think got, it'll probably be, it'll probably, yeah. chances
0: are it will probably be Brentford because then they actually face Leeds in game week 23. In
1: 23. That's yeah. right. Um, but yeah, they've got Leeds and then Leicester and then Brentford again, then yeah. Liverpool, which is nothing to worry about anymore. Yeah. Um, then the, Southampton. So, yeah.
0: I was going to say the only thing I would caveat to that is in yeah game week twenty four that fixture against Leicester is wedged in between the home and away legs of their Barcelona game in the Europa League. So, which is you know probably the hardest fixture they could have had in the Europa League, but they got it anyway. So, yeah, uh, yeah, there might be some some heavy squad rotation there in, in game week twenty four, but. Yeah, well, I mean, their squad isn't actually that deep. It's mostly a lot of academy players and and kids. So maybe they actually can't afford to 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 go deep. But yeah, maybe we might say see Veghorst more for that game week twenty four game against Leicester.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's another reason why I think I keep on banging I keep on banging up uh, banging on about it. Maybe the third United um, asset that we should get is De Gea because you know that he's not going to get rotated. Yeah, um, and their defense is pretty good at the moment. So if you want. If you're concerned about rotation with you know um, congested fixtures, then maybe De Gea is your guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on the other hand, as you say, um, Wout might get some um, some game time if they do have to kind of rotate the squad. So yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I think the other team, the other thing we should mention as well though is that they, there's a possible blank in there for for United as well, isn't there?
0: That's right. Yeah, game week twenty five. So I mean it. it would very likely well be a blank but um we might touch on that a little bit later but it is just something to keep in mind but you know when it comes to doubles you tend to want to load up anyway but yeah just something to keep in mind for the future but yeah I, I will chat about that um further on in the show but the other big derby this week was the North London derby and Arsenal winning away at White Hart Lane where you know they suffered the the loss at the end of the season there and and missed out on top four but Man, oh, man, have the tables turned. <laughs> Arsenal just absolutely flying this season and in the absolute driving seat for the title now. And I can't believe I'm saying that.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? And they yeah. absolutely pumped the Spurs. Like, they yeah. were all over him in that first half. Um, yeah.
0: Uh, do you think Hugo Lloris had triple Arsenal in his FPL side? <laughs> because that's the only, only, only suggestion you could have for him playing so bad.
1: Yeah, it was strange, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean that that Saka mistake that was just oh horrific. Yeah. Um, and actually, I was going to ask you about that. Why did Saka have that assist taken off him?
0: Yeah. So as soon when he kicks the ball, it, it slightly nicks Cessignon, um, which diverted towards the goals. Yep. And and then then that hits um, Hugo Lloris, who palms it into his own goal. So Saka's shot is actually going away from goal. Whereas yep. the Cessignon the touch diverted towards the goal, so um, yeah. yeah, that's they sort of changed that. I think it was like after the game or something. Um, I saw the tweet from FPL saying, you know, upon review, it's actually been awarded as a Cessignon assist. So yeah.
1: yeah, so but like, but hypothetically, if the if the shot or if the if what if suckers, um, I know it was a cross, but if it was on target before it hit Cessignon, then he would be awarded with a goal because you get a goal if it's deflected. If an on if if on target shot is deflected, correct?
0: Uh yeah, usually. So, but in yeah. that scenario, say we take Cessignon completely out of it, and it just it just hit Hugo Lloris like it did. It would still go down as a Lloris own goal because he because it was off complete, target. Yeah, because it was off target and he completely changed the direction of it. So,
1: but in um, that case, would he get an assist? Yeah, he get, an he'd assist. get
0: the. No, he get the assist for it. So it's only because yeah. it, it hit Sesayong on the way. I mean, it was very so, faint, but
1: so because it hit because it hit two um, Spurs yeah. players, not just one. The assist got taken off.
0: Yeah, that's right. So a little, yeah. little bit. I mean, I was, I
1: was happy to see the assist taken off because I don't have Saka, but it, yeah, seem, it seemed a bit harsh <laughs> to me. I would be. I would have been fuming if I was a Saka owner.
0: I mean, as soon as I went in, I was just like, nah, that's got to be an OG. That's got to be an OG. But <laughs> I was even more relieved when I saw that uh, he got stripped of the assist. So I've been unlucky there for managers. But, you know, I talked about Ben White on my bench yet again. But, and uh, I talked about Martin Erdegaard. He's just, you know, the other Nordic meat shield. He's just absolutely phenomenal. T- turning into the player as, as prophesied when he was a 16 year old, heading out to Real Madrid.
1: Yeah. It's, um, Yeah, and I think it's been said a couple of times this week that we're probably going to have a Norwegian Player (laughs) of the Year, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) One or the other. How did they not make the World Cup?
0: Oh, I was having this conversation with a friend the other day. It's it's amazing how they did make the World Cup. I mean, maybe... You know, uh, we ignoring Josh King. You know, he's still doing the business at Watford. I think so.
1: <laughs> the, the other meat shield. The other the other Nordic meat shield. The championship meat shield.
0: The Nordic meat shield that she tells you not to worry about. But anyway, yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's
1: it.
0: But, but um, you know, it, it it was a long game weekend. It started all the way back on Saturday morning, and we saw some proper FPL trolling from like, you know, the troll of all trolls it has to be Luca Dean and. My God, he was already off the. You know, he was already like hobbling off the pitch before I'd even turn my stream on to watch this game on Saturday
1: morning and make my coffee. Yeah, he was. Um, he's another one that's on my list, my ever-expanding <laughs> list of never again. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh,
0: just you know, I I didn't have him, and I really do sympathise with managers because he's one of those players when you see him and you just go, this this guy just must shit points. <laughs> like, and then, but you have to be decided, you know, he'll. You know, give away you know, a card or, you know, just do, you know, own goals, get, own goals, um, sending offs. Uh, you know, I've seen it, I've, I've experienced it all with Luca Dean, but yeah, like yourself, he's sort of firmly on my list of like never again. I'm not, I'd, I'd rather go to the Polish cafe and go Medi instead, but yeah, for sure, even and though he's. Lu-
1: yeah, even though he's injured at the moment, even
0: though he's injured, I'd rather have Maddie Cash. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I don't. I feel like Dean wasn't that injury prone until he went to Villa. I, yeah, I don't remember him getting injured that often at Everton.
0: Yeah, I, don't, I remember him more getting sent off. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> and, and I definitely remember the own goals. I remember yes. a couple of those.
0: Oh, we've we've all been there, but yeah, you know um, Leon Bailey, you know having. You know, a bit of a renaissance at the moment. So, you know, so many managers started the season with him. It, he, he sort of failed to, you know, to sort of provide a, lo- a lot of points for managers. But he, here he was, 12 points and and man of the match. He looked unbelievable the other morning.
1: Yeah. An, a, amazing bounce back after um, the game before against, <laughs> um, against Wolves where he pretty much it was, was in it tears. against Wolves. He <laughs> missed the open goal and was in, like, that would have won him the game. And then he was in tears, yeah. So um, yeah, I felt really happy for him actually.
0: Yeah, no, it's good to good to see him absolutely fly it at the moment. So I mean, his issue is he has to actually stay fit. Um, he always seems to pick up a niggle and then he's out for for a week or two.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and there's just so many players around that price point. Um, oh, yeah, that that we want. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I'm one of those people that started with Bailey, um, and didn't get what I was hoping for. Uh, <laughs> but I just don't know how I'm going to be able to get back to it.
0: <laughs> well I mean if he scores a lot more points then we're all probably going to have to start making that decision but um uh Mitrovic was back after his one game suspension and, and missed that Chelsea game but oh my god I, I've never been I was so nervous because this game was on at the same time as Chelsea and I, I'd, I got the notification that Fulham got the penalty so you know I put the stream on the iPad and I was watching the Chelsea game on the TV and you know, there was so much shithousery from the Newcastle players before this penalty. It felt like an absolute eternity before Mitro got the chance to take it. And it even looked like Andreas Pereira was going to take it because he was holding the ball for a lot of the time.
1: Yeah. Um, it was I wonder so if, weird. I wonder if Andreas is going to take the next one. Like, they, Yeah. Like, <laughs> he just is it three uh,
0: penalties he's missed now this season?
1: Yeah, he's missed three out of uh, six. And he's the... He, the He's the only player who's worse in the Premier League that's worse at penalties than Zaha. Zaha, no, maybe yeah. no, that, that, that's probably that? too harsh. <laughs> Zaha is probably still worse. I um, oh, imagine
0: then too, having a penalty shoot off to, to save your life! My God, that's the third yeah. option.
1: <laughs> surely, surely, Andreas has got to take them off him because he's he's actually always he's actually always been a pretty poor penalty taker, Mitro. He's yeah. a lot more. He's a lot better you know, in open play when he doesn't have that much time to think about it. I, I, I don't know what it is, but one of the one of the penalties that he did actually score um, this season, I remember, should have been saved. Uh, it was a horrible penalty that the keeper should have saved and he just he kind of let it through. So yeah. he's a very, very nervous penalty taker and I don't think he should take any more.
0: Yeah. I mean, because I was sweating bullets watching that and because I was watching on the small iPad, I couldn't really tell exactly. It looked like he chipped the keeper off my little screen. I was like, oh, that wasn't too bad. And then, as soon as the ball went in, you just saw all the Newcastle players running to the ref. And I was like, oh, no, what's he done here? And then seeing that he'd actually kicked it into his own foot, it's just, it was horrible because I wanted him to score so bad. Even though I've got trippier, it sort of doesn't do anything for me. And knowing many managers out there had the double Newcastle defense, I was going to get so much more out of Mitro scoring that goal than Newcastle keeping the clean sheet. But word oh word, my God. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's FPL. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, you know, I I I don't have a second Newcastle defender, but I don't have Mitro either, so I don't know what was better for me. But it was certainly funnier this way, so I'm happy. <laughs> you got to laugh. You just have 100%. to laugh.
0: Oh, it's hilarious. Only only yeah. Mitro could do that, and only FPL could stress you out so much. And then, like there was, you know, the post of that all all the you know FPL Twitter was just absolutely on fire with everyone arguing whether that. You know, Mitro should be stripped, um, you know, get the points for the penalty miss because, you know, he he actually he didn't actually technically score the penalty and other people saying, well, he actually scored it and it's it's technically a foul, so it's a free kick, but yeah, in yeah, the end, no. FPL said as far no. as
1: as far as I'm concerned. Um, the ball is meant to go in the goal and not the foot. And as soon as he hit the foot, he's missed the penalty.
0: But what if the ball ends up in the net?
1: <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It's already it's already hit his other foot. Oh, penalty, I'm gonna have to write that letter missed.
0: to FPL Towers. I want my two points back. <laughs> I
1: don't think you're getting
0: them. No, I don't. I don't think I'm getting them. And on the topic of you know that penalty and and what it meant, so yeah, Trippier still dominating the bonus points even though he gave away the penalty. Like this guy is just on another level this season, and he he's well on track to surpass anything that Robo or Trent have done this season. And it feels like he he just hoovers up bonus points even without actually getting any attacking returns.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's like it's just I'm insane. If, if you look at, like, all of his paired scores, I'm starting to think maybe Trippier is the is the best person to use our triple captain on. Like, <laughs> yeah. his scores are eight or nine every week. You, you've almost got a guaranteed 15-point return if you've got a couple of good fixtures.
0: Yeah, it's just... Oh, my God. The, the guy's just an absolute freak this season.
1: Yeah, he's just... I, I don't know where it's coming from. I, mean, it's, I just keep expecting it to stop. Um, yeah, 28
0: bonus points in. this season.
1: Yeah, it just it's never stopped. I no. think I read um I think I read a stat that he's already got um more bonus points this season than um than Robbo in that year <laughs> that Robbo scored the highest points any defender has ever scored. So yeah, I I I don't know how he's doing it. It's out of control. And he hasn't scored a goal in a while. He's got to be due a free kick soon.
0: Yeah, so he's only got the one goal, which which came about in game week three against Manchester City, of course, and he's only—I yeah. mean, he's—I uh, I say only, well, he's actually got five assists, which is, you know, pretty good, but you know, hasn't got one since game week seventeen. But you know, th- it's thirteen clean sheets,
1: <laughs> like, and if if he gets a clean sheet, um, you know, he's just almost guaranteed to be in the bonus just because of all the crosses he puts into the box and he he creates chances and, um, yeah. He just seems to be just – his style of play just seems to uh, lend itself to max bonus almost every time.
0: Yeah, like the last time he actually featured in the bonus points was game week 13, so that's how long ago it was, that he actually didn't get any bonus points. So it's just – yeah, I mean, this this guy's ceiling is just – I mean, the guy's – actually, I should say his floor. It's just ridiculous. It's like his floor is just – six. as soon as he walks on the pitch, he's just banking six, seven points every single game week.
1: Yeah, and that's why I'm talking. That's why I'm thinking about triple captaining him sometime this year. I don't know if, <laughs> if and when Newcastle are ever going to get a double game week. Oh, but
0: if they do, it's a no brainer.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I'm starting to think like that. Like, I mean, why aren't we just <laughs> captioning this guy every week?
0: Yeah, I know. We, we actually should because yeah, it's, just, it's probably the only way that we're going to get anything decent out of Odin Trippier anyway, but. It just it's just unreal. Although knowing my luck, the one week I do it, I'm sure he he won't do anything anyway. But I was I was actually yeah. having a look like with Trippier. Like I'm only actually gaining 170 rank points every time he just you know gets an FPR return, which is absolutely measly. Like there's just it's so minor. But you know you, you got to have him.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean the the good thing is, um, yeah, no one does captain him, so you no. he's always his EO is always like. 97 98 but you know so it's never over 100 so you at least you get something out of it so um at least at least you don't have to kind of cheer against him like you do with um with harland if um you know like this week where people are triple captaining harland yeah and even even captaining him i've got to cheer against him and that's never fun so (laughs) at least you do get something from Trippier when he when he does well
0: yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Newcastle did get that win. And that was thanks to, you know, we saw I- Isaac back on the pitch and, and scoring. So I think that's like three goals in four, his last four appearances for the club. So um, I don't think he's ready enough to start yet. So I think Callum Wilson's still still a good hold there. But um, yeah, Bruno um, Guimarez went off, you know, he hobbled off injured in tears. Um, so that doesn't look too good for Newcastle. So, you know, we'll have to see how they adjust to that because he's just been absolutely sensational since he's moved to the club. So, you know, whether or not those clean sheets might still hold on there, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, mate, do you think Newcastle could, you know, dip into the transfer market maybe?
1: Yeah, for sure. They got the money and there's there's, a, there's quite a few, um you know, quality midfielders available at the moment. Yeah, um, I know that you've, you know, you've mentioned in our notes here, Tielemans and Madison. That I guess there's also Trossard that's floating around at the moment. True. <laughs> so yeah, um, there's a lot. Yeah, as you say, Newcastle got a, got a lot of money to spend.
0: Mm, yeah, it's always, I mean it's always hard to pry away, you know, a player like that from a rival. But you know, let's let's be honest, Leicester aren't really a rival this season. But I mean, they can't afford to go down, but they sort of need money at the same time. So. Yeah, you wonder there if those players would easily be turned. And we, we know Tierlemans in the past has been very vocal about wanting to leave and, and not happening. And that sort of affected him after the last transfer window. And yeah, we all expected Madison to leave in the summer and he just, it, it just never happened for him. But yeah, he's he's absent since the World Cup's like really strange. There's just, there's no word when he's coming back and, there's no word what he's actually suffering from and how long it's going to take. And he's just not appearing.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're, uh, they're saying that he's got a kind of nagging knee injury and they're yeah. just sort of
0: it's keeping very vague. an eye on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's extremely vague. It's extremely vague. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess if it is true that he does have that injury, then it might kind of, it's come at the wrong time because I'm not sure that a team is going to um, by a player in the January transfer window that's got like a vague ongoing knee injury. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if it is just like a transfer injury, then maybe um, there's stuff going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of. Yeah,
0: it could be. I mean, you mentioned Trossard, which leads us perfectly into Brighton. So, you know, they did the business and getting the double over Liverpool this season. So, yeah, no Trossard. is completely frozen out at the moment. But that didn't worry um, Brighton at all because Solly March, 5 million, 19 points, two goals and an assist. And where the hell were these points at the start of the season when I had him in my sight? Justice, I know. Justice for us, Solly March early onus.
1: <laughs> yeah the, the the early the early March adopters. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I actually shout out to my mate Gaz who actually brought Solly March in just for Bravo. this game week.
0: Bravo. And,
1: I had no idea why it didn't make sense to me at the time, but I mean, he obviously knew something I didn't. So, um, good work. He's got work. that big but sporting yeah, almanac. He must have. He's, he's got to have it. He he flew over here from the UK, so there must have yeah, uh, that plane must have been a time machine of some yeah, sort. Yeah, yeah. The time difference. Even though we're ahead, it's, yeah, it's
0: surely to do with the time
1: difference. <laughs> it's the only explanation. <laughs> yeah, because there was. Is, I mean, um,
0: there was so much chat about Matoma leading into this game. And he was very popular. I mean, he's still only four point nine. But yeah, it was Solly March in the end, and just just so much value with Brighton. They're they're the complete opposite of Liverpool this season. So, Liverpool, they're all overpriced, underperforming, and Brighton's the complete opposite. Everyone is underpriced and they're overperforming. And, you know, there's just so many options there for managers.
1: Yeah, I still want Matoma so bad. Like, I don't care. I don't care what Solly March did this week. Like, Matoma, (laughs) he he only got. One assist, um, but he looked amazing. He could, yeah. have, he could have definitely returned more, and uh, it, I don't know. Just, I just think he's a class player, and he's just going to keep on ticking over, um, going to keep on getting attacking returns, you know, yeah. almost every week. Um, so I do want him in my team. I'm just a bit wary about um the possible kind of blanks that might be coming up for Brighton. So I yeah. don't want to rush into it at the moment. Uh, I kind of want to wait to see if we get a, a bit more information about um. About when the blanks might be? Do you know when we're going to find that out? Ah, uh,
0: so the, those blanks will be confirmed once the League Cup semi-finals are done. Um, so I'll, I'll touch on them quickly now. So yeah, but so basically, game week twenty-five will be a blank because of the League Cup final. So, and for those that don't know, um, at the moment the semi-finals are Southampton versus Newcastle, and the other tie is Man United and Forest. So. Um, currently, the teams with the fixtures that are in the biggest danger is it's Brentford because they're playing Man United that game week. Brighton will be playing Newcastle. So I, I dare say those four teams, you know, most likely we're going to see Man United and Newcastle win these semi-finals. So, yeah, chances are it's going to be yeah Brentford, Man United, Brighton and Newcastle not featuring game week 25, which is annoying because both Brenton and and um, Brighton is so appealing right now for us to, to get on. And yeah, the fixtures yep. are amazing. But yeah, without that fixture in game week 25, it does make it a bit hard to go maybe overboard, maybe getting, you know, one we could get away with. But when our sides already have, you know, we, we've all, a lot of us have double Man United at the moment. And a lot of us have double Newcastle. There's managers out there with triple of both of those. And then adding Brentford and Brighton players into the mix, it, it makes it a bit hard to navigate that game week.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm just having a look at the schedule and those League Cup semifinals are before they're but basically between game weeks twenty one and twenty two. They're before the game week twenty two deadline. So Yeah. Um yeah, so before Game Week twenty two, we'll have a whole bunch more information. Um as you yeah. say, it probably is gonna be um you know, Newcastle and Man United winning yep. those games, but um I guess we'll know for sure before the game week twenty two deadline. So um, it's only you know it's not that it's not that long away so maybe um, for me at least I, I I'll probably wait to see what's going to happen with those blanks before I start bringing in players that are at risk of um of having those blanks
0: yeah yeah but you know that said that we've still got four game weeks before that and Brighton's fixtures of you know they've got Leicester Bournemouth Palace and Fulham from an attacking perspective it's probably the sweetest four fixture run you could actually have.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. It's it's sort of
0: like talking ourselves out of getting, you know, a a certain Brighton player because, oh, I've got to transfer them out in game week 25 or or bench them. But, you know, there's the possibility of of missing out on decent points here.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. And that's the the dilemma. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So are you looking to bring in a Brighton asset in the next couple of weeks?
0: Yeah. Look, looking at those fixtures... And the way they're they're playing, I mean, I think, I think I heard somewhere that they're the most attacking team since the World Cup. Like in all the top five leagues in Europe, they're the most attacking team. They've scored the most goals, xG, data, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, and yeah, you just watch them, and they're just so exciting to watch. But Brian's that team where you know you could have Matoma in for this this game week, and then suddenly it's McAllister getting the points haul, or it's Pascal Gross, or it's even the new guy Ferguson up front. So. They're a type of team that tends to share the points around, but I think just actually being involved with Brighton you, you, uh, across the next four game weeks, you're surely going to get some points ac- across the board in you know numerous fixtures there.
1: Yeah, that's right. With Brighton, it's um you know some teams have got like a talisman like um, yeah. Brentford with Tony, and other teams it's more like you buy yourself a ticket in the raffle and you and you hope for the best. Yeah, um, and unfortunately, Brighton are more in that in that category, but. Um, you know, I get in terms of ranking the assets. Um, what do you think? Matomas number one, or is Solly March number one for you?
0: Oh, I, I think you know, watching Brighton recently, Matomas still number one for me. He's just, you know, he's really nailed on. He had a great World Cup too, and he just looks so dynamic on the left. And with that Trossard there, looks fantastic. So, yeah, Matoma, yep. I'd probably go second, McAllister. Um, he takes a yeah. lot of the set pieces, he's only 5.4 million. Nearly scored as well the other day, too. So, um, and he's still high off the off the World Cup. And yeah, maybe, maybe Solly Marsh, just for old times' sake. You know, we, we got some yeah. history there, me and Solly.
1: <laughs> no, I think I agree with you. I think those are the three. Um, you know, maybe Ferguson if you need to downgrade one of your forwards to free up some cash. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I really like Matoma, McAllister, and then probably Solly March third.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We don't have to worry about Trossard. So um, that's, that's the issue there. And yeah, as far as Liverpool goes off, I would not want to touch them with a 10 foot pole at the moment. They just look, they look all over the shop and too many injuries, too many players underperforming. And yeah, not for me.
1: No. Yeah, I had I had, um, had Robo leading up to the World Cup, and he he did pretty well f- for me. Just yeah. um, just attacking returns, no clean sheets. Yeah, um, and then since then, yeah, I've got rid of Darwin and Salah last week, and um, yeah, I think I feel pretty good about it. Yeah,
0: yeah, but um, some I mean, I I talked before that you know Brentford could also be one of those sides missing out in game week twenty five, and Ivan Tony was back in. Unfortunately, this news came out while we were all sleeping in Australia. Like we, I didn't stay up for the, the you know, I think the deadline was at 5 a.m. or 5.30 a.m. I can't remember exactly, but there was um, late press conferences there and, yeah, the news came out that, yeah, Tony not only was Tony fit, he was going to be starting, and, you know, with that fixture there last game week, he was, you know, an absolute no-brainer against Bournemouth. So, you know, the managers that jumped back on board, Ivan, Tony, well done. So, although – very questionable that penalty, but he did win it.
1: <laughs> yeah, super dodgy pen.
0: <laughs> super dodgy, but uh, the problem with Ivan Tony and we we've talked about it every single episode is like, are we just supposed to ignore this potential ban that's coming his way and and miss out on the points? Or you know, it's hard to know what to do because not only does he have the blank week twenty five, but there's a potential ban as well. That's a ban that's not a ban and. Ugh. It's just up in the air with Tony, and in the meantime, yeah. we're missing out.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm starting to think that it it is going to drag on. It, it's strange that the Premier League haven't come out and at least explained what the process is going to be. Yeah. Um, and how long it's going to take. But yeah, I mean, the longer it drags out, the more that makes makes me think more and more that it is going to take quite a while. And we may as well just, if we want him, just get him, and then yeah. if and when he's banned, deal with it then.
0: Yeah, then deal with the consequences.
1: Yeah. I mean, for now, I've got Nkedia in that kind of third striker spot. And I don't really want to, I don't want to get rid of him because they've got the double game week coming up and he is looking really good. But he's looking fantastic. um, On the other hand, so is Tony. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like, like you said, yeah. I mean, if you're moving Nkedia, I mean, game week 22, they've got Everton just before the double. So, yeah. And then Villa after that. So, that's right. Yeah, it's a, it's a good. If you've got
1: Harland, Kane, and Inkedia, then, then are yeah. you really going to move? Are you gonna, really going to waste a, a transfer to go to Tony?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Plus, it's also seven point five. So, I mean, it's, it's a. You got to try and scrape the funds to get there, even though there's lots of budget options out there for us anyway. So, it's just something to, to keep in mind. But you know, could James Ward Prowse be that budget option in midfield? Six point two million. You know, another uh, free kick goal the other day, just absolutely amazing. And Sa- Southampton suddenly three wins on the in competitions. competitions. Um, I know it was against Everton, so I'm not getting too far ahead of myself, but he seems to be playing slightly different the last few games that I've seen. He's playing more like a number 10 further up the pitch and, and really getting involved.
1: Yeah, he's definitely playing a much more attacking role the last yeah. couple of weeks. And that, um, that, was it the first goal? It was the open play one? yes um it was sensational like, oh, what, a, a, great what a touch yeah <laughs> the, fantastic goal so um it looks like he's got you know he seemed to be lacking a little bit at the start of the season it looks like he's got his confidence back that's for sure
0: yeah yeah maybe something about nathan jones coming in has has, has helped that a bit but um yeah i think now he's only one or two goals away from david beckham's free kick um uh, record so he's uh Got that in minded uh, hey, Here's a question for you. Would you be more confident of Mitro taking a penalty or James Ward-Prowse taking a free kick from, you know, outside the box?
1: <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. James, Ward- James Ward-Prowse. James Ward-Prowse, yeah. yeah I'd be much more confident. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd definitely be more confident. Yeah, James Ward-Prowse. James I'll Ward-Prowse.
0: Yeah, I might yeah. have to put that question up on Twitter and see what see what the people think. But yeah, I'm with you there, James Ward Prowse, a hundred percent.
1: Especially, especially if you if it's um, what would you prefer in fantasy? Because there's no minus two if, um, yeah, if Ward he Prowse misses. misses. Yeah, so
0: not as much riding on on the line, is there?
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'll take James ward Prowse any day. <laughs> but, yeah, I've been mean, talking
0: about Everton. I mean, the bad teams at the moment in, in the league and, and targeting for FPL are just so bad. So, you know, Everton are bad. Frank about surely going to get sacked any day now. West Ham are bad. Talk about Moyes. You know, West Ham got getting some replacements lined up. Leicester have just reverted back to Leicester from the start of the season where they just... Are at sixes and sevens and Bournemouth ever since they announced Gary O'Neill was Bournemouth's permanent manager, they've just gone to absolutely crap at the moment and you know it, it we I was talking before about those fixtures for for Brighton where they had that attacking run where they're playing most of these sides over the next few game weeks.
1: Yeah exactly uh, it, it's it's a bit scary um not owning their assets for games against these these yeah. sides as I say they're, they're absolutely terrible. Um, and I'm just, yeah, just looking at Leicester, like I, f- I feel like when I, I had Ward at the start of the season, they were horrible. Uh, I in, in, in my first wild card, I dropped Ward for Everson because I thought that Everson was about to get the spot and then Ward turned into a, a world beater. And so now I've gone back <laughs> to Ward and he's terrible again. So
0: Oh, my God. It's
1: shocking, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, man, this game, that'll do me. Yeah, I um, saw
0: so many managers out there who had the, the Ward kept a double up. Um, this game week, um, you know, bench bench Kepper and yeah, having all those points points on their bench. So I think one of them was um, you know, friend of the show. Shout out to to Mira. So her bench, she had twenty eight points on her bench this oh, game week. Man. So I think she had yeah, Ben White, um, Bueno and Kepper on there, and then someone else who just managed to get two points. But oh, you know, when you want to use the bench boost, you end up it ends up being an absolute toilet. And then there's game weeks like this where you end up having a ton of points left on your bench
1: yeah if you'd be you'd be so stoked if you got 28 points on your bench boost
0: oh my god i, I that's probably the best bench boost i'd, I'd ever have so I, yeah, i'm just happy I've if i done, get like four points
1: <laughs> yeah i remember a couple of years ago i think i got about six points on my bench boost and it was just oh, yeah it's the worst it is the worst it's, of the chips it is it is
0: Especially because you do so much planning for it, like you, you, the amount of effort you put in trying to, you know, get your your whole squ- not just your team but your squad ready for like one particular game week. You know, most of the time when there's doubles, and then a lot of the time the players that you have don't play two games anyway because there's like cup games and and rotation, and there's just like there's such a small time frame between the games anyway. It's just oh, yeah, I, I can see the appeal of managers just playing it in week one and getting it over and done with.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's kind of like um yeah, like the effort that you put in for the bench boost for the for the minimal return. It's kind of like referencing a, in in your university assignments, you know, like I just stopped doing it just because, you know, you take hours doing it and you get like one or two extra marks and that's how the that's how the um the bench boost feels for me
0: oh i can't beat that like honestly that that, what a way to finish the first part of the show with that reference so oh that's great anyway what we're going to do now is we'll take a quick break and on the other side we're going to preview the upcoming game week okay welcome back managers and it's all about game week 21 now sorry this is a juicy one, the battle for ninth. So, you know, relegation six-pointer, maybe not so much just yet. But, yeah, Liverpool hosting Chelsea. And, you know, from an FPL perspective for us, Andrew, like there's not a lot of skin in the game because both of these teams are absolutely garbage. But from a football perspective, what a game to kick off the game week.
1: Speak for yourself. I've got all sorts of skin in this game. I'm I'm still a Mason Mount owner. How dare you? <laughs> you
0: are your Mount Mount truther and, and a Kepper <laughs> Kepper owner as
1: well. So yeah, I mean, and, I'll, and as bad as Leicester are, I think I will just play Kepper. Yeah,
0: um, I I think I'm going to play Kepper in this game too. Especially he's got that ability to get the save points and you know Liverpool looked. Uh, Liverpool I was going to say Chelsea looked a little bit defensively better. Um, again, I mean they were up against Crystal Palace, but um, Benoit. Battishill uh, made his debut and looked absolutely fantastic. So, just adding a bit more, you know, uh, oomph into that Chelsea backline that they've been lacking all season.
1: Yeah, and Kepper looked better in this game as well, didn't he? Like he's sort yeah. of been at fault for a couple of the recent goals that they've conceded, but um, he pulled off a few really good saves, and he seems to me to be like a bit of a confidence keeper. So hopefully, it's the start of a better run of form, form for him.
0: Yeah, let's hope so. But I mean, there's still lots of Salah owners out there, and I would, you know, I'd urge them to hold, um, you know, unless they've got some real fires to put out in their side. Because you, you know, as a, a Chelsea fan, I I can tell you Salah scores just about every single time he he walks onto the pitch against Chelsea. He's got such a such an axe to grind against the club that um he started out with. So yeah, he's definitely yeah true, definitely a good hold there. Probably not a captain captaincy shout though. But yeah, def, definitely a hold. But um. Then we flow into um, a game that's, oh, there's a lot on the line here. So Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest. And, you know, this is must win for Bournemouth. But Forest, have just since the, the World Cup, they've been absolutely amazing. They're just picking up points and, and they seem to have a settled side now and scoring goals for fun. And, you know, Gibbs White putting out, you know, through balls and crosses that are just absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you remember the first um matchup between these two teams this season, but I think it was the game where Nottingham Forest were up 2-0 and then Bournemouth came back. That's away right. from they did home. Too. And, and scored three goals and won 3-2, so Yeah. Um I'm predicting, I mean I think that um for- Nottingham Forest are playing a lot better now than they were then. I'm predicting a little bit of revenge for that um yeah, for that loss. Yeah. Um I think they're just going to I think they're going to have a bit too much for Bournemouth.
0: Mm, yeah. So yeah. I mean it's it's getting pretty bad for Bournemouth. So there's you know, this is definitely one of the ones they've probably circled on the whiteboard in the in the locker room saying must win. So um yeah, a lot on the line for them there. But yeah, Leicester Brighton the next game up and oh I mean we talked before at length about Brighton and on paper. This just this looks like a great game for Brighton assets.
1: Yeah, it's Matoma time, isn't it? Matoma time. <laughs> it
0: sounds like um Power Rangers, it's Matoma time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think there's going to be a few goals in this game. Um, Yeah, Leicester seem to be back to their their leaky kind of self. Mm -hmm. Um, Brendan Rodgers starting to get get under pressure again. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Brighton are just absolutely flying. So I mean, it is a home game for Leicester. Hopefully, you know they're a bit better at King Power, but yeah, I just don't, I just can't see them um, containing Brighton.
0: Yeah, and, you know, Harvey Barnes put on an absolute clinic on um, on point dodging the other day, too, in their game. He missed absolute two sitters. So, uh, yeah. yeah, when it's not going your way, it's it's really not going your way. <laughs>
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Uh, and then, I mean, Southampton hosting Aston Villa, resurgent Southampton, I should say. So, um you know, Emory, uh, Villa looking really good under under Emory. And, you know, no Luca Dean probably for this game, but, you know, <laughs> Southampton, uh, Shay Adams, could he get something? I, I'm not too sure, but yeah, you know, I'd actually fancy Aston Villa in this game, even though Southampton sort of have picked up a bit of form. But I don't think clean sheets are exactly locked down for either of these sides.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, it, yeah, I, I suppose Ollie Watkins is probably going to be a pretty big loss for Aston Villa, but I still think um, they're probably the better side. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean Southampton. Like, yes, it was a good win against Everton, but it was only Everton, so we, yeah. we shouldn't get too carried away with it.
0: Yeah, and, and talking about that, West Ham play Everton, so <laughs> in the the David Moyes oh. derby. So, wake um, me up when
1: this one's finished.
0: <laughs> um, well, at the end of this game, one of these managers just goes straight to the unemployment office. <laughs> you could just yeah, see him def- walking straight out into a taxi straight down yeah. the Senate link. <laughs>
1: Definitely, there was an earlier there was a game earlier in the season that we called the Centrelink Derby. I think it was Leicester versus Southampton, <laughs> maybe. Um, when yeah, when Rogers and Hassan were both yeah looking yeah. pretty um, yeah, but this is definitely the second Centrelink Derby of the year, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean I, this this game definitely doesn't scream goals, but um, I mean we saw the Everton fans sort of hold up a few of the players leaving the stadium, and Yerry Mina out of out of his car talking to the fans and. Um, then we we're screaming at him, and not try to carve it down. So yeah, it's just it, both of these sides are about to just collapse into a complete bedlam. And yeah, as a fan of either of these sides, I'm sure it's not
1: very pleasant at all. So yeah, yeah they're not in they're not in a good place, are they? Imagine this game finishes zero zero. <laughs> I can definitely imagine that.
0: <laughs> no one wins,
1: everyone loses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can. I think that's a distinct possibility, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and uh, the next game is Crystal Palace, Newcastle. So I'm um, there's a lot of talk about Almoron at the moment and, you know, whether he's a hold because, you know, he hasn't been, you know, back to his pre-World Cup sizzling best. But, you know, up against Crystal Palace, it's definitely not a game you want to, want to sell him for.
1: No, definitely not. And I wouldn't sell him, yeah. I mean, I, I, the fixtures that Newcastle have got coming up it's even great. beyond this game, they're great. Like, they've got... Um, let me see, Crystal Palace, then they've got West Ham at home, Bournemouth away. Uh, yeah. How anyone can think of using a valuable transfer at the moment to get rid of Almiron with those three fixtures coming up? Like, I just don't see it. I think that people who um who do that might regret it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, from a Crystal Palace perspective, like, I'm not really seeing anything there that wants me once... Wants me to invest in them because I mean, watching them very closely the other day against Chelsea, like, you know, Zaha, a Elise, But like, they all seem to just do the same thing without doing anything a lot of the time. And, you know, a lot of them put in good crosses and stuff, but yeah, they just don't seem to capitalize on their chances.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're, I think they're a pretty, I think Palace are a pretty hard to avoid at this stage. Yeah. Um, they've got a lot of talented players and I'm sure that they're, I'm sure they'll have a spell of, you know, good form again. Um, mm-hmm. but for now, um, yeah, they're a hard avoid.
0: Yeah. They are a hard avoid. Um, anyway, Monday Leeds Brentford. This looks like a very exciting game, especially at Ellen road there for, for your boys.
1: Yeah. That game against, um, that game against Villa that they lost the other day was a bit brutal. Like yeah. they were, I feel like they were the better team and they just didn't kind of finish their chances. But, um, this is another opportunity to get some points on the board. Brentford are playing pretty well, but they do play, um, you know, they don't play anywhere near as well away from home. So, no, um, yeah, that'll be a, I think that's going to be a really good game.
0: Yeah. I tell you what, great game if you're an Ivan Tony owner, I reckon.
1: Yeah. Uh, great game if you're a Rodrigo owner maybe as Yeah, well.
0: also. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Could be a shootout.
1: Could be. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a few goals in this game.
0: Yeah. Actually, one player I've been really impressed with for Leeds is Nyoto. I think I talked about him last week, so, um, yeah, he's just seems to be you know, growing in stature every single game week, and
1: he's just yeah very exciting to watch. And he's absolutely robbed of an assist last he week. He was. Well. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, was day one robbery. Yeah, uh, I was going to talk about him, but I didn't trust myself to pronounce his name, so I just left it. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, he's. Well, he's...
0: I, I'm lucky enough that my uh, a good mate of mine down the street is actually Italian, so he told me about him back when he was at Basel. He was named in an Italian side for a training camp and he was telling me about this guy. He's like, oh, gnotto, gnotto. I was like, how do you say it? He's like, oh, I'd like gnocchi. But it's gnotto. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, so if he's yep.
0: listening, I'm ha- Fabian, I'm hope you're happy that I got the, the pronunciation right.
1: <laughs> That's how we can remember it. You put basil on your gnocchi. So
0: <laughs> basil on your gnocchi and uh green arrows from your gnocchi.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's hope so.
0: Oh, uh, but then uh, Man City Wolves, so you know I've got real KDB four goal vibes here. Uh, I don't know about you, but a lot of fun memories with this fixture. Even I mean, it is the reverse, but yeah, just KDB against Mate. Wolves last season is probably one of my all time FPL moments. So will we get a yeah. repeat of that?
1: Oh, I hope so. I didn't. I didn't get to experience the fun last year, so I hope that it happens again. But. Um, yeah, he's not. He's definitely not in the same kind of blockbusting form this uh, this year as he was at the time when he scored four goals last season.
0: No, he's he's not. But I mean, we still have to see City play again this game week anyway. So it's just let's hope hope that um, they come out okay, so we don't have to worry about burning transfers on those yeah, players. That's right. uh, but then another blockbuster. So huge game: Arsenal, Man United, two of the informed teams this season, and. Yeah, both hot in the heels on their derby wins there. And oh my god, when our sides are stacked with Arsenal and Man United players, like what's the result that we actually want here? Just is it just straight up just shoot out? We just want goals.
1: I think we do. I think we yeah. do. If everyone if everyone's got an Arsenal defender and a Man United defender, then that cancels you know, everyone's cancelled out and you just gotta hope you're attacking players. Um, yeah, other ones that are involved in the goal. So yeah. yeah, or maybe Luke Shaw that, like, just
0: gets in on the action.
1: Yeah i mean why not why not <laughs> but um yeah title uh i guess two title contenders we've got to say um, yeah shooting it out so that'll be an absolutely sensational game
0: yeah it's just a shame it's 3 30 in the morning Ah, oh, what are you doing
1: fpl so always the best games
0: yeah uh, it must it must be a bank holiday over there in the uk because yeah that's um what is it 3 30 a.m monday oh no that's a, that's a sunday isn't it don't worry about me people i'm I can't count at the moment. So, and the final fixture of the game week is Fulham Spurs. So, I mean, it's it's hard to sort of address this game until we see Spurs play again um, this current game week. But yeah, I mean, it's still fancy Fulham to get you know get something out of this game because they're just flying at the moment. They look fantastic.
1: Yeah, they look great. You you definitely back Fulham to um to score yeah. in that game. Um, and as you say, Tottenham aren't looking the best at the moment. But having said that, um, Harry Kane always finds a way to get himself some chances in any game. So Yeah, and um, you
0: talked on last week's show about, you know, one of the the important things are getting Kane in for this double is actually also having him for this full game.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, I just felt like with, you know, Arsenal playing Man United, um, you know, it could be a pretty low-scoring week, so I really wanted to have, um, you know, a really... Yeah, Harry Kane for for this fixture, which is a pretty good attacking fixture. Uh, Fulham have been impressive, um, but much more impressive um, in attack than their defence. You you know, you still feel like they're going to concede a goal or two every game. Yeah, Um, they do. Yeah. I mean, they are much improved. Um, even their defense is much improved, but you still feel like they're going to concede most games. So yeah, yeah I, I'm happy to have Harry Kane for that game, but yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see who wins it. Fulham, you, you wouldn't put it past him.
0: Well, that is a juicy slab of fixtures we have to look forward to, but now it's time for the big short segment where we look at all the transfer trends and look at who we should be buying, selling, selling, <laughs> And Holding, and no surprise at the moment, top five transfers in, all the people we've talked about. Ivan Tony leading the way, followed by Martin Erdegaard and Marcus Rashford. Solly March coming in fourth there, and Luke Shaw getting more and more owners every single game. we coming out at five, and the top transfers out. So, yeah, Leandro Trossard um, out, of, out of the Brighton side and out of our game week. Uh, FPL side's there. Mitrovic, you know. Frustrating too many owners there after his <laughs> penalty shenanigans. Mo Salah still um, you know, losing managers by the dozen at the moment. And then yeah, Darwin and Martinelli. So Martinelli's a little bit surprising, don't you think?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um
0: especially with that double up? coming up in twenty three, but
1: I guess, I guess, uh, I think there are people that want to make the switch from Martinelli to Odegaard, and that might be, um, what's happening there. Just yeah. trying to get the optimal three Arsenal players before the double. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Similar to what people did with Cancelo last week, although obviously Martinelli, um, was traveling a lot better now than Cancelo was last week. But yeah, similar thing.
0: Yeah. It seems like a real luxury transfer getting rid of Martinelli.
1: It <laughs> certainly yeah, I certainly don't have that luxury in my squad. I've got a few other um I've got a few other yeah houses on fire before I worry about uh, luxury transfers like that.
0: Well oh, well talking about transfers, um what's on the agenda for your side this game week?
1: Um I mean despite the fact that I've just said that I've got a few fires to put out and I do <laughs> um <laughs> I, I'm actually really determined to roll a transfer this week. I think that this this week is a really important week to roll your transfer if you possibly can. Mm. Uh, personally, I think um, you know for a few reasons. I guess we've got double. We've got a possible double coming up in game week 22, okay. a definite double in um, game week 23, um, and then in terms of the blank game week in 25, um, we're gonna have um a lot of information about what teams are blanking before the game week twenty two deadline. So for me, I think having two free transfers going into game week twenty two is uh will be really valuable. Yeah. Um so I I'm yeah, as I said, I'm determined to roll my transfer um so much so that I'm actually, you know, going to be probably starting Mason Mount this week, who's probably one of the biggest fires I've got in my team. Ooh. Um
0: in but, Mount yeah. we trust. <laughs>
1: Well, I used to I used to trust him, um, <laughs> but I mean he's playing Liverpool this week. Who their defense looks horrific, um, and yeah, they just seem yeah they're just they're just off it. So if he's going to score against anyone, um, it'll be this week against Liverpool.
0: Mm, I like it. Maybe Chelsea might have that um, Michaelo Mudrik bounce there after his eighty-eight point five million or whatever it was moved from Shakhtar Donetsk. <laughs> you never know.
1: Absolute bargain. <laughs> Hashtag bargain.
0: <laughs> oh, but anyway, um, for my side, I'm I'm in the same camp as you, so I'm I'm likely rolling at the moment. So I don't really have a lot of yeah. I don't really have any fires to put out. Probably my biggest one might be Mitrovic, but as I mentioned there, I'm still fairly confident he might get a return at home against Spurs there. And I mean, I sort of want to use that spot to maybe get. Nketia in, in game week twenty three anyway when Arsenal get their double so yep. if I did do it at, you know getting him out of my side it would be very short term and would feel like a bit of a waste anyway so I think having yeah you know rolling and having you know two in the pocket might you know be a bit of a power play for the next couple of
1: game weeks. So there's no temptation for you to go from like Mitrovic to Tony and then Tony to Lencettiya, or just
0: I can't afford it, so I'm no. priced out of that. So I couldn't I couldn't do it anyway if I really wanted to. And I mean the the other thing I'd sort of thought about was maybe you know moving Almeron to Matoma, but you know it doesn't really make sense to get rid of Almeron, you know away at Crystal Palace and you know Newcastle, yeah. are a top four side.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's I, playing in the front three for a top four side and he's got three really good fixtures coming up. So exactly. So
0: yeah, yeah I'm gonna be I think I'll keep on onto Almiron for another week at least and and yeah, have those two transfers up my sleeve and and yeah, maybe make some moves the, the following week um with some other players instead.
1: Yeah. And I guess these um these plans to roll our transfer could completely go out the window if we get some injuries in the second uh game yes. of the double game week this week. But <laughs> I guess, yeah, we should caveat by saying that- you At know, the time of recording. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, hopefully, I'm not tempting fate by saying this, but yeah. Knock on wood. I'm yep. knocking.
0: <laughs> anyway, it's time for Goodwill Punting, where we look at it, differential for the game week for, for managers out there on a free hit or, or wild carding and, or looking just to do something a bit extreme. So, Andrew, who have you plucked out of the Goodwill Punting hat?
1: Um yeah, coming coming out of the hat, I've got Danny Ings this week. Stranger um, Ings. Yeah. Well, Stranger <laughs> Ings have happened. Um <laughs> I think uh Watkins has obviously um picked up a bit of an injury um and he's likely to be out, which kind of solidifies Danny Ings starting spot. Yeah. Um they've got Southampton this week, which is obviously uh Danny Ings's um, former club, so he'll be pretty motivated to to play well against them and then they've got Leicester so mm. the next two are really um the next two are really good fixtures he's on yeah. pens um Aston Villa are looking a lot better he should be nailed for at least the next couple of games um he's only 6.4 1.6 percent owned so I think if you're looking for a one week punt or two week punt look no further
0: yeah or maybe one of those ones where you got a transfer to burn like yeah right, I had a transfer to burn I could do you know Mitro to Danny Ings for one yeah. one week? I
1: don't think I, I think coming out of the double game week, I'm I'm not sure there's any engaged managers out there that have got an, a transfer. Yeah, him, true. Maybe there's a handful. Maybe there's
0: a handful. Uh I like it. Now that's a, that's a really good pick there. So I I really like it myself. I'm going with Brendan Johnson from Forest. So yeah, five point six million again up front where the goals are one percent owned. So yeah, fresh off his double against Leicester and. He took those goals really well. So yeah, he, he seemed to to nail himself in that side now. And yeah, Forrest just in great form since the since the um World Cup and you know also in the League Cup semi-finals. So um and then yep. a good run of fixtures around this too to to sort of make the punt
1: worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. I like that one as well. I, I'm pretty sure that um Brennan Johnson's on pens for them as well.
0: Yeah, he could yeah, I think you're right. I there, think he so. is. He
1: definitely he, he definitely was. I know he missed one, so unless they take him off them, but um yeah, I think that's a really good pick. I like the, I like his, I, I like the way For, uh, Forrest are playing. Yeah, um, they're, they're, they're in form. Fun. He seems to be in like have some good confidence at the moment. So a couple of good fixtures coming up. So that's a that's a pretty good pick, I think.
0: I like it. And now, oh captain, my captain. Now you know, or as you like to call this segment, oh vice captain, my vice captain. <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> Who have you got? Um, I've got Harland. <laughs> I mean, Amazing. this is all
0: dependent on like, I mean, Harland could still go absolutely berserk against Spurs in a couple of days' yeah. time.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think even if he doesn't, I just, I'm not ready to, um, I'm not ready to say that Harland isn't the perma captain. Yeah. Um. You know, two, even two or three blanks in a row is not going to be enough to tell me that I, I need to start looking elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I, I can't say no to Harland in a home game. Against the bottom half team. Like it just makes no sense. Yeah. Um, So it's still Haaland for me. And then I've got um, second, I've got Kane away to Fulham. And third, KDB home to Wolves. Mm. Probably, you know, maybe I'm being swayed by what happened last year against Wolves. But um, yeah. But yeah, I I like him. And hopefully um, playing against Wolves gives him those good vibes from last season and he can, um, yeah, he can rekindle some of that form.
0: Yeah, definitely one of his um his favourite clubs to, to face against. So, yeah, like yourself, I had Harlan and, and Kane coming in first, second and third, want be Trippier. So, I mean, we sort of touched before that maybe Trippier should be the perma cap and, <laughs> and you know, an a, a, away game against Crystal Palace with, you know, the best defence in the league and yep. potential for massive attacking returns. And, you know, it might not be the, the worst worst part in the world, but, yeah, I think City at home against Wolves is still still the one to go with, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I like that. I, mean, I've, I think I've captained Trippier once this season. He got me nine points. And yeah, he seems to get that almost every week. So yeah, it's a pretty good, pretty good alternative captain choice if you want to go crazy. But yeah, as you say, um, there's really no need to go against Haaland. Yeah. Yeah no I
0: I'm, I'm not game enough to do that yet unless things change in their game against Spurs so um before we finish up just a, a roundup round up of the FPL side in their podcast league so yeah it's a bit difficult because we're still midway through but yeah league leader is still Stu Pankin there with his side Adelaide 23 sitting on 1241 points so absolutely killing it and yeah, sitting on forty-eight points so far this game week, and um, great to hear from Stu too. So he got in touch on on Twitter and and thanked us for the shout out on the show. So uh, yeah, like like I said last last um episode, it's always great when you see familiar names in the podcast league doing really well because you know it 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 wouldn't be as fun if it was just like some random person that just joined our league just for the sake of it and never actually you know got in touch with us or, or listened to the show.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess he gets a he gets another shout out two weeks in a row. Hopefully, he can um he can keep hold of this league all se- this lead all season.
0: Yeah, so um, yeah, he's got some stiff competition. There's that, um you know Ross is coming up behind him and, and Mira coming back to reclaim her throne. So
1: she's still there and thereabouts.
0: She's still there and thereabouts too, and so is Ross. But um yeah, so far manager of game week twenty is um also a friend of the show Nick Tui. So we decide keep you cool. Currently sitting on sixty six points. So that's um bloody brilliant at the moment 66 points so just having not a, bad at all no nah, not bad at all so i was having a look at his side before and yeah a lot of a lot of points there so he has as it quickly loads up let's have a look so he's got yeah yeah, the trippier and botman double up there bueno with the six points which is a massive differential only you know two percent owned there and um yeah rashford he had bruno fernandez for those nine points nice. and also had controversial yeah, Kevin...
1: addition to his score there
0: <laughs> very so. Uh, he was probably very happy when Rashford decided not to touch the ball there at the end. And, yeah, also had KDB and Ivan Tony. So, um, yeah, great week there for Nick. So hopefully he can um, kick on and, and get an even better score. So, uh, yeah, myself, I, I think I'm, I'm sitting at ninth at the moment. So, yeah, not too bad about that. But um, yourself,
1: Andrew? Um, a bit further down. Um, <laughs> <Just I'll... laughs> only a little bit. It's only, You're, coming. It's only been... You're coming, man. It's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't rush these things. I'm I'm fortieth <laughs> now. So um this yeah, it'll 40. be if I <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I can um <laughs> if I can get anywhere near you this season, I'll be very happy.
0: God, oh, we're only halfway through the season, so there is a, we've yo-yoed a lot this season already. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're going to be climbing back up the ranks there. But uh, yeah, before, also before we finish the show, just uh, the social media plug. So yeah, Twitter and Instagram for the show. If you're not following us, that's at FPL Sci-Net. and yeah, please give Andrew a follow at FPL underscore point break and yeah just remember hit those like and subscribe buttons if you're listening to this show that that has a ranking system um give it a nice little five star rating if you like oh you know if if you feel like it's only worth one or two stars you know that's that's your prerogative so but yeah give us the give us the five stars people so um yeah you know it is late it's tuesday night we need to get some sleep so andrew all that's left to say my friend and let your defensive sheets be clean and your error is great. See you guys.